Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 40th episode of Kiwi and the Bird. I'm Kami. I'm Taylor. And in today's episode, we are giving a non-spoiler review about the clever and defiant The Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Here's how our book reviews work. We'll give you a little synopsis about the book, chat about the characters, and give our thoughts on the setting and writing style. And of course, we'll list our favorite things about The Kiss of Deception, and we'll end the episode with a rating of the book. If you'd like to support the podcast, you're welcome to click on the link in the episode description below. We'd be so grateful to have your donations. Also, thank you so much to at Tristan underscore Robeson underscore for this recommendation. You're always so kind online, and we're so lucky to have your support. We also hope that you've been enjoying your giveaway book. And now... On to the show. The Kiss of Deception is a YA fantasy told through three different perspectives. Leah, Raph, and Caden. Here's the synopsis. Princess Arabella Celestine Idris Gisalia, a.k.a. Leah, does not want to get married, especially when she thinks she's wedding an old toad of a prince. To defy the union and her parents, she takes off on her wedding day with her best friend Pauline, with the intention to never return. But little does Leah know... Both a prince she abandoned and an assassin from a barbarian country are on her tail. Will she be able to procure her freedom, or will falling in love ruin everything? The protagonist in The Kiss of Deception is Leah. Leah is defiant, loves her brothers, and is ready to take on the life of a barmaid in a new town. She's eager to be hardworking and let her heart take the lead, but will her naivety be her downfall? So what did you think about Leah? You know what? I did not like her in the beginning. Oh! I did not. Oh, she said, who's there to people in the woods way too many times. <laughs> I was literally you're, you're like, like, what are these survival instincts? I was literally like, you are a princess on the run. Stop asking who's there. <laughs> but I did like the progression of her character in the story. Right. And I liked that it did take time for her to do that. You know, the story isn't done in just like a week. Like this is like. It takes a while for things to happen. And so she is very defiant and she's very ambitious. And I very, and I really liked that about her. Um, And she is a little naive in the beginning and she doesn't like quite know how to do things, but her progression into what her character will look like in the sequel was done very well. Yes. Yeah. What I loved about Leah was that she kind of gave me Rapunzel vibes from Tangled where she's super optimistic, she's really happy, go like go get her personality, but she kind of comes to reality very quickly, you know, where her new situation isn't terrible, but it's also not what she's used to. But she's so excited about life and having these new experiences that it doesn't even matter. Even if she's doing chores and cleaning up gross things and serving drinks at the bar, she's happy to do it. And I love that we can see her when she's free. When she's fully unleashed and she doesn't have to obey court politics anymore. And then, like you said, I like the progression and growth she has where freedom comes at a price. Yeah, I also like that even though she doesn't like the title of a princess, you can see that she is one. Right? She definitely holds that that 
presence of authority, which you can see in some scenes. And I did appreciate that that wasn't just like taken away. You know, yeah. like she is a princess, even if she doesn't want to be. She had like a subtle regality to her mm-hmm. that either just through her words or the way she held herself, like she is royalty. She's a queen. Go queen. Not yet. But to- yes. Go princess. <laughs> <laughs> In the kiss of deception, we also meet Raph. Raph is dark haired and mysterious with a gaze that pierces through the soul. Though he might want everyone to believe he's just a farmhand, he's earned his scars for a reason. What did you think about Raph? I liked that Raph was reluctant. (laughs) (laughs) Reluctant to socialize, reluctant to reveal parts of himself. He's kind of a more closed in and reserved person. But then also he does have a devotedness to him and a loyalty that I think is very attractive. Even though he might keep you at arm's length, he can stay away. Oh, dang. Okay. Got to follow up on that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Out of the two love interests, I did like Raph the most. Mm-hmm. Me too. I do think he was favored way too much in the beginning. He was quite <laughs> favored. I was I was like, who? I wonder who she likes more. It was pretty easy to tell. <laughs> but I feel like we didn't get to see enough of Raph in this book for me to fully make an opinion. But what I did see from Raph... Even though I do think he's a little bit of a simp, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. No. We he's love a simp. A reluctant simp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a reluctant simp. <laughs> That's my title. Um, There was something about him that you were just like, maybe this could be, maybe this couldn't be. Yes. Right? And he very much holds up that air. Like, I feel like out of the two love interests, I was more interested in seeing Raph's background. And I just wanted to see, like, who is he? Yeah. You know, I, was, I was interested. He has that pull and that push factor. Yeah, I was intrigued. Last but not least, we're also introduced to Caden. Caden is a charming golden boy who's pretty and competitive and loyal to a fault. Though he might believe that he's deceiving everyone, his eyes tell the truth. Love might just come before duty. Ooh, ooh la la. Caden didn't get enough time in the beginning of the book. Caden <laughs> is kind of like in the dating show, the person who doesn't get enough screen time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there was this one Korean dating show that Tay and I watched and we literally named two of them. No screen time. Yeah. Caden is that person. Yes. <laughs> you don't really get to see a lot in his perspective. So he's just kind of there. Yeah. But I was interested as to how he became part of the story. Because I was like, he has a perspective for a reason. I like I will I was I was interested in enough in what I saw of him that I was like, okay, Caden, with your blonde hair and your brown eyes and your stockier build and your white shirt and your white shirt. Well, like I don't understand why white. Like you live by the sea. Like that's not a good idea. <laughs> or is it? But yeah, like I said, I did like Raph more than I liked Caden, but it's probably because I saw more of Raph in the beginning. While I was more interested to see Raph's background in this book, I'm more interested to see Caden's in the next one. The Kiss of Deception takes place in the small town of Terravin, which resides on the coast of the country and kingdom of Morrigan. For years now, barbarians have threatened to unravel the monarchy. Peace might only be won through war. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. What did you think about the setting? 
I wish it was fleshed out more. In that, I think it was described well, but I think the setting just overall wasn't grounded. Because while we are mostly in the small town of Terravin, we are also introduced to um, the Kingdom of Morgan, like and it's like the center of the capital. Um, we're introduced to Dalbrek, and we're introduced to Venda, right? And so it was kind of hard for me to keep all the places separate because there was nothing that truly differentiated them. Hmm, that's a good point, yeah. So I kind of wish that in terms of like setting slash world building, that was fleshed out a little bit more in the beginning. I agree that I wish that there was... M- a more of a physical differentiation between each place. I feel like the history part and the exposition in the story was done really well where you could understand things and you could understand that there were these different territories and why they're having issues and why they need to ally and such. But I do agree that physically, I do wish we got some more description there to help separate each one in mind. For, like, the actual town of Teravin, I think that was described well, and I could really feel that place. So it was, like, in the big general kingdoms, I couldn't quite tell them apart. But in, like, the smaller settings that the characters were placed in, I could really feel that part. Now let's chat about the writing style. What did you think about the author, Mary E. Pearson? I, okay, I'm going to be completely honest. Up until about page 300, I was kind of just, like, going along with it. I wasn't actually reading because I wanted to read it. I mean, to be honest with you, there were things in the book that were really clever. I will say she is very clever. But there wasn't enough in the beginning to keep my attention. Like, I was interested in the premise. I was. But there wasn't enough with the characters that kept me going into it. There was a lot of mundane things that happened and not enough action things. I think there could have maybe been a little bit more of that sense of danger infused in the beginning. But in terms of cleverness and the twist in this book, oh, that twist was (laughs) real good. Guys, I was up till 3 a.m. reading this book last night and I was like, what? I Okay, actually, this book humbled me. It made me realize I don't know everything. (laughs) (laughs) As I was reading it, I was like, you know what? I've really overestimated my skills and abilities of detection. (laughs) And and now I need to just re-realize that authors know know what they're doing. Honestly, when I got to a certain point in the book that I'm not gonna say much on because I feel like it's gonna be too much of a spoiler, I literally had to stop at that point and go back just to see if I read anything wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Or if there was anything to trip up what I just discovered. And I couldn't find anything. And I was like, okay, that was, that was pretty, yeah, okay. I got, mm, you got me. I was like, I was tricked. I was deceived. I was deceived. I was deceived. Yeah. And I mean, it was almost like my own perception deceived me. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know how they're like, an assumption makes an ass out of you and me. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt like in this book. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you like runaway heirs, love triangles, barmaids, assassins, princes, secret romantic rendezvous, political strife, flower garlands, mystical abilities, caravans, the desert, vagabonds, back tattoos, scholars and chancellors, 
complicated mother-daughter relations, scathing retorts, theft, pregnancy, festivals, tangled, kidnapping, betrayal, deceit, kisses, kisses of deceit, and disappointing your parents, then this is the book for you. <laughs> We'd recommend it. If you really like to disappoint your parents, yeah, this is it. Leah like, knows. If you get a thrill from disappointing your parents, like I, you should probably read this book. Yeah. This is like the royal situation of disappointing your parents. Yeah. Disappointing your country. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now, Kami, based on our rating scale of one to seven, one being literal trash and seven being fangirl mania, what would you rate The Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson? I'm going to give The Kiss of Deception between a four, which is Paige Turner, and a five, which is Feeling My Shelf. And I'm going to end it at a... 4.78. Oh, a three-digiter. Three-digiter. We don't get three-digiters very often. No, here's the thing. I liked the story, and I liked the protagonist, and I'm, I am very interested to see where it goes. Like, after page, like I said, after page 300, I was interested in what, like, what was going to happen. Um, but it really was that slow start for me. I mean, 300 pages is too much. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. But again, like I am, I am, it was a page turner. I will say I I was interested in the story, but I couldn't, I can't quite give it a five. Mm. Interesting. So I think this will be the first story where we've had quite a gap in our ratings. Oh, damn. What are you going to rate it? I'm going to, okay. So I'm going to give this book a 5.56. Oh my gosh. That is quite a gap. Yeah. That's quite a gap. Cause I, I started this book. I've already said this, but I started it at midnight. And if you're wondering, Taylor, was that smart? No, it wasn't. But let me tell you, I was prepared to stop at 1.30 a.m. Because I have somewhat (laughs) self-control. But I went to bed at 3 because I read the whole thing. And then I got so excited about the book that I couldn't sleep for another hour. So I went to bed at 4. I was so excited about the book. Like, the twist. I was like, oh my gosh, this twist was so good. And like... The characters came together. There was love and devotion, and <laughs> it made me really excited. Like I was, it was a, I was in a total romance mood too. And then I woke up this morning, and I was still so excited that I had to get book two and book three. Taylor, I think this is the first book where we've had differing opinions. Yeah, that's Th- crazy. This is it. Does, finally it, does, happened. it doesn't feel right. I feel alone. I'm sorry, Jay. <laughs> so if you're listening, I don't know what you do with this. I don't know. Like, are are you gonna? Who do you trust? No, I'm Who do you trust? No, I'm Whose opinions do you take? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Kiwi and the Bird for a book recommendation episode about The Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson. We hope that you'll join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. Once more, if you'd like to support the podcast, just click on the link in the episode description. We hope you liked today's recommendation. Join us for our upcoming book discussion episode where we go into spoilers and details about The Kiss of Deception. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi the Bird, shh happens.